This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hi, I'm Jennifer Blom, a narrator at Macmillan Audio. If you enjoyed the Relationship Doctor podcast, there's a new audiobook I think you'll love from our team. It's called Yerba Buena by Nina LaCour. If you like what you hear, you can find the audiobook wherever audiobooks are sold. They rode together up the hill. Blur of trees and skies outside, groan of brakes, a current between them. With each curve of the road, the press of one bare shoulder against another, until the bus slowed and stopped. The doors folded open, they stepped out onto the street. Armstrong Drive dead-ended there, a parking lot, a ranger's station, the entrance to the woods. Sarah unzipped her backpack and pulled out a thermos, unscrewed the lid and sipped. Their fingers touched as Annie took it, and Sarah watched Annie press her mouth against its metal rim and drink. It struck Sarah every time, the way the air changed as she entered the forest. Cool, wet, fresh dirt, even bright days like this one dimming and softening. Should we get a map? Annie asked, but Sarah shook her head. She knew the woods well, had no trouble getting lost or finding her way back. She took Annie's hand and led her past the station. A group of tourists brushed by them, their faces upturned. It felt good to feel small. That's why her mother had taken her here when she was a little girl, why Sarah kept coming after her mother died. They cut onto Sarah's favorite trail, the steepest, the quietest, and hiked until they were breathless, eye-level with the ancient redwoods branches, as close as they could be to the sky. Over there? Annie asked. Sarah followed her gaze to a grove off the trail. She nodded. Her heart quickened. They stepped as carefully as they could across the forest floor to a ring of young redwoods with a hollowed trunk at its center. There, they unzipped their backpacks, pulled out a blanket and a couple sweaters, and laid them over the pine needles. The forest was quiet. Everyone else was far away. Can I kiss you now? Sarah asked. Not yet. Annie said. She pulled her t-shirt up over her head. She unfastened her bra. Now? Annie shook her head. Your turn. So Sarah took off her shirt, too, and Annie rushed to kiss her before Sarah could ask again. The relief of it, after hours of waiting. The thrill of it, two 14-year-olds secretly in love. Sarah sank to the blanket, Annie atop her. They kissed the curves of necks and collarbones, cupped breasts with their palms, smiled, blushed, kissed deeper. After a time, they rested together, Annie's head in the crook of Sarah's neck. Look, Annie whispered, and Sarah saw a banana slug, bright yellow, emerging from a fern. It made its way to Sarah, and she flinched at the strange, cold slickness of it, tried not to laugh. The slug made its way across her pale stomach and then to Annie's. It took an eternity. 
They were three creatures in the forest. The girls held very still. The slug left a glittering trail of slime on their skin. In its wake, a wave of grief. The tiny diamonds of a hospital gown. The flamingo pink polish Sarah had applied to her mother's nails in careful strokes. Yellowed eyes, cracked white lips. The nurse's concerned expressions and Sarah's little brother's tantrums and how their father had stood in corners when he visited, his hands clasped behind his back. Throughout the weeks in the hospital, the sensation that Sarah was hovering over an abyss. And then her mother was gone, and she plunged into it. Hey, Annie murmured, and Sarah was back in the Redwood Grove, her heart pounding. What are you thinking about? Nothing, really. A breeze stirred in the branches above them. Tell me something I don't know yet, Annie said. About you. Her voice was so close to Sarah's ear, her body soft, pressed against Sarah's skin. What could Sarah say that would please her? Not anything from the last two years, not the months before, either. Nothing from school, because though it felt sometimes like they'd just met, they'd sat in classrooms together since they were small. She'd need to go further back. And then she found it. My family used to play a game together, a drawing game. We'd sit around the table and one of us would start, usually my dad. He'd draw a street, or a train, or a mountain. And then the next person would add something else to it. People, or cars, or the sky. Whoever was last would complete it, and by then the whole page would be full. I loved it so much. Waiting to see what they'd draw, thinking of something to surprise them. We'd do it for hours sometimes. She hoped it was enough. Felt Annie pull her closer. The sun was low in the sky by then, and they were due back, Annie to her twin and their parents, Sarah to her little brother to make sure he was fed. He was probably mounting his bicycle, leaving his friend's place now, heading home. Maybe their father would be there tonight. Maybe not. Either way, Sarah would need to catch the bus back to town before the sun set over the ramshackle cabins and the rustic vacation homes and the wide, muddy river over the Appaloosa Bar and Wishes and Secrets Hair Salon and Lily's father's white-steepled church. But just another few minutes here first, she thought. Another kiss, another bird high above, another breeze cooling her skin. How easy it was to forget the rest when they were small and safe in the woods. At the other end of California, Emily pressed a new green plant into the dirt of her Catholic school's garden. Its leaves were familiar. She looked around, and, yes, there was more of it, spilling over the retaining wall. Same plant, right? she asked, and Mrs. Santos nodded. If you see a bare place in a garden, look at what's already growing. Good chance you can take a little from what's there. School had cleared out a few hours ago. Now it was just the three of them. Emily, her friend Pablo, and Pablo's mother, tending to the small plot that separated the school from the street. Mrs. Santos had volunteered to make it both beautiful and useful. Some flowers, mostly herbs. What's it called? Emily asked. She'd been learning the names of the plants, but had missed this one somehow, growing in the shade. Yerba buena. Funny, Emily said. That's the name of my parents' favorite restaurant. Pablo, remember? That place on Sunset we went to? The fancy one? Yeah. 
Pablo dropped the weeds he'd pulled into a bucket and joined her in front of the plant. He plucked a stem, dangled it in front of Emily's face. Here's a sprig of mint. Give me all your money. They laughed, Mrs. Santos too. So is it a kind of mint? Emily asked, rubbing a leaf between her fingers. Yes, it's good in tea, Mrs. Santos said. Most of these plants are. A tea garden is an easy thing to keep. Tisane, technically. Small plants, unfussy. I'll gather some for you. See what you like. Verbena, spearmint, chamomile, sage, yerba buena. It's a bouquet, Emily said when Mrs. Santos handed it to her. Use them fresh. Try some while you do homework tonight. They gathered their things and started the walk to their houses, across the street from each other, six blocks from the school. How's Colette? Mrs. Santos asked. She's okay. She's teaching me guitar. Feel my fingers. Mrs. Santos touched her calluses. You've been practicing. Feel, Emily said to Pablo as they waited at a crosswalk. Whoa. The light changed and they crossed, and Emily thought of Colette positioning her fingers, telling her when to switch chords. The two of them on Colette's bed, learning songs, More often, though, these past couple weeks, Emily had been practicing alone in her room while her sister stayed alone in hers. The scene from a couple nights ago came back, Colette screaming at her, slamming her door shut. They were almost to their houses now. Tell me what you think of the tea, Mrs. Santos was saying. Just hot water and a few leaves. Honey, too, if you want it. Emily waved as she climbed her front steps. See you tomorrow. Come over and give me the algebra answers later, Pablo called after her, and Mrs. Santos play-scolded him, and Emily found her front door unlocked and let herself in. No one was around, so she sliced some cheese to eat with an apple and took her plate outside to the deck. Just a few months ago, her father, Bass, and his two cousins had taken apart the old deck and invited Emily and Colette out to help them build a new one. Family tradition, Bass had said. We helped our fathers build houses and decks and all kinds of things. And back in New Orleans, said Rudy, the eldest of the cousins, the only one of them born before the families moved to Los Angeles, our fathers helped their fathers. Colette rolled her eyes. She'd just finished high school, but barely, her second semester transcript so bleak that the college she'd planned to attend withdrew its acceptance. My friends are waiting for me at the beach, she said. But it looked exciting to Emily. The piles of wood, the cousins they rarely saw, even though they lived in neighboring cities. Come on, sister, Emily said. It'll be fun. Colette leaned against the house. She was almost otherworldly to Emily, with her extra three years and two inches of height. Her hair was longer than Emily's, and her jean shorts were shorter, and she cocked her head and kept them all waiting. And then she shrugged and said, why not? Colette helped for about an hour before saying she had to go. But Emily spent all day out there with them, listening to their stories, smiling along with their jokes even when she didn't understand, hammering the nails where they told her to. They taught her to use the electric sander, and she donned a mask and goggles and worked the guardrails until they were smooth. She leaned on the rail now, looking over a bare patch of garden where a rose bush had died and never been replaced. Maybe she could transplant a cluster of lavender, or maybe start her own tea garden. She saw a movement through the sliding door. 
someone must be home. Her parents didn't keep regular work hours. Bass was a contractor, Lauren an entertainment lawyer. They came and they went, and they let their daughters do the same. Tea, Emily thought, not lavender. She would ask Mrs. Santos to help her get started. And then she heard a pounding from inside, boots down the stairs, heard Bass's shout for help. Call 911. It's your sister. She grabbed the phone and dialed, followed him upstairs as it rang, and the operator asked her to state her emergency, but Bass was blocking the bathroom door. Don't look, honey. Tell them to send an ambulance now. Tell them an overdose. Say, come right now. Don't look, Em. Wait at the door for them. So Emily went back down, and the ambulance approached quietly without sirens and parked out front. Two paramedics rushed into her house, and she pointed at the stairs, and then Lauren was home too, and there was nothing for Emily to do as the paramedics carried her sister, unconscious but alive, out the door and into the back of the ambulance, Bass climbing in behind them. Lauren grabbed the car keys. I'm following them to the hospital, she told Emily. I'll come too. No, no, you stay. Lauren took Emily's face in her hands. My steady daughter, my good girl. You stay right here while we're gone. Emily watched out the window as the ambulance rolled away, her mother after it, all of them somehow unnoticed by the rest of the world. A few minutes later, across the street at the Santos's house, the lights turned on. She could have crossed, told them everything, eaten dinner at their table. But she didn't. She stayed alone in the house as the night wore on, stared at her homework, forgot to eat. The herbs from the school garden wilted on the countertop. She tucked herself into bed, held her body as still as she could. She would stay right here until it was over. Thank you for listening to this clip provided to you by Macmillan Audio. To hear more, look for this title wherever audiobooks are sold. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.